Hello Gems, my name is Shelley Benhoff and welcome to this very first episode of Tiaras and Tech. We're here to provide inspiration for women and other groups in tech. We aim to provide support, celebrate successes, and discuss how we're treated. In this very first episode, I thought that I would introduce myself, tell you how I started in tech, and why I've worked in tech for over 20 years. Aging myself, but don't worry about that. So why I started this was because I mentor a lot of people around the world, actually, and a lot of them have said that my story is inspirational and I could help people. And as an author and a trainer, I love to help people. It's my life. I want to um, allow people the opportunity to learn from all my mistakes, and there have been so many, (laughs) and to not struggle as I have. So that's kind of the tone of the overall show. And I feel like when enough people suggest something to you, then you might want to start to listen. So that's why I'm here talking to you today. I started in tech, well, I always had an interest in tech since I was a kid. I was into Nintendo um, and I played it a lot. And I remember at a very early age thinking, I want to make games. (laughs) Spoiler alert, that hasn't happened yet. (laughs) So, um, but I had this toy. It it was a small computer in the 80s. So, you know, it was really um, rudimentary. And um, it had lessons on discs that you inserted and um, it broke at some point and I worked out how to fix it. I was probably, you know, I was in elementary school, so I was maybe eight, you know, maybe I have no idea. And then, you know, my, um, my aptitude was clearly good. You know, I just kind of knew how to work computers at a time where nobody knew how to work computers. They were new. Um, My first PC was a Tandy 1000. (laughs) Um, Again, I was very young. I'm not that old, but, um, and again, like if anybody in my whole family had a problem or a question, they would come to me. I, um, I just knew how it worked. So then in um, high school, I had an actual PC, um, HP at the time. And um, my dad got this idea that he wanted to install RAM, right? And he's an accountant. He doesn't know anything. So we just like cracked it open and I just kind of looked at it and I was like, it goes there, you know? And I remember him looking at me and saying, this is what you should do with your life, like as a, as a career. So I was like, "Mm, all right. Uh, So then in college, I studied computer science. I have a degree in computer science. Um, 
and I was one of, I think, five girls in my entire program. So I don't know when it dawned on me that maybe I would have a hard time because there just weren't a lot of women and the men were often, you know, disgusting. So (laughs) I just started out and I forged a path and I kept on. But I, I remember when I chose... Um, programming in general as a career, I actually did it because I was afraid to talk to people. I stutter moderately. You'll hear it or not if I can if I can cover it. Um, but at the time, so my stutter is moderate. It's it's not severe. I can control it most of the time. But when you're in your late teens, starting out with college, trying to figure out what it is you want to do with the rest of your life, you know, I, um, I wanted something easy. <laughs> and I wanted something that I could uh, do without having to talk to a lot of people. I, that's how it started. Um, You'll hear what it came to eventually. But um, when I was in college, we had a um, job office, I guess, or a career center, something like that. So I signed up. They had a position um, for a intern at Black and Decker. Um, And I mean, that's not on brand for me. I actually worked in power tools for like, I don't know, two years or more probably. So I was still in college. I was, um, I guess I started there when I was a sophomore in college. And I um, I started off with just, you know, intern stuff, just paperwork and stuff like that. But then um, they had this Microsoft Access application. You have to think this was late 90s. This was before web applications. We had websites, like static, pretty much websites still at this point. So I learned um, visual basic for applications, um, and I proceeded to write this entire application for them in Access. And that was my career for a couple years was um, macros and... um, really just simplifying manual processes. If a process has the same exact steps over and over and over, and you can automate that in some way for somebody, they'll appreciate it. Trust me. Anything that you can do to take away some mundane task for someone and like magic it up and make it 
automated. They will love you. And so, yeah, I, um, after college was over, I actually walked across the stage at graduation and I did not have a job because I graduated college in 2002. So the economy then wasn't great. I am a millennial who has now gone through three economic, you know, crises in my adult life. Um, so yeah, it was hard at first. Um, I found a job a couple months later after um, school was over and I worked help desk. So I don't know why I did that because like I said earlier, I was trying to program and I was trying to not talk. So help desk was just not that. But I found at the time that was the only job out there. Like no one was hiring a programmer with no experience. And I know you guys, that is still the case. And I am very, very passionate about hiring junior devs. Every single like place I've worked for just refuses to hire junior devs. Do you know how much I've learned from junior devs over the years? I mean, I've learned so much. Someone whose experience is new and fresh and they've just learned new stuff in college, like learn from them. Even if you're a senior uh, developer or a manager or something, somebody who's just fresh out of college does ha have something to teach you. So listen. Anyway, um, I stayed in help desk for a number of years and hated it. Help desk is the worst. You talk to people who just, and I mean, especially at that time, computers and technology were still relatively new. Like it didn't really explode until mid nineties, really. I think with, um, Windows 95, it really, um, blew up overnight. And so, I would have to talk to people who just didn't know what stuff was. I remember one person um, was asking me why their cup holder wasn't working. And I was like, I, I don't know. That's not part of your computer. And they were, were just like, well, yeah, I, I press the button and it comes out. And I realized they were talking about the CD-ROM drive, which, of course, also isn't a thing anymore. And... That's the kind of stuff that I um, did early on. So the way I got out of that and into um, more programming jobs, um, and at this time I had learned Cold Fusion. I don't know if any of you listening to this will remember what that is, um, but I was I was very interested in web stuff because that was exploding. I was hearing stories about, you know, web dev shops in the late 90s becoming millionaires overnight. Like, um, so I, you know, I wanted a piece of that. And I um, hadn't studied that yet. 
So I took my experience with access and any job I had um, used access at the time. It was really, really popular. So I would just, you know, mention, hey, I can automate that or, you know, I can help out with an application if you need that kind of thing. The thing about having skills that are not part of your job description is that a lot of people don't like when you assert your interest into expanding your job description. They feel threatened. So I had a lot of that to deal with and I just didn't care. You know, like I, I love tech. I love to code. I love to create something out of literally nothing. Like it's just for me, you know, and it always has been. And so I, I took that passion and I tried really hard to never get discouraged, but we'll talk about that more later too. Um, yeah, so my experience in access transferred to web because at the time, so many people that were using access as an application were transferring that to the web. So here I am, right place, right time. I learned um, ASP Classic first. ASP Classic. My, my IDE was Dreamweaver. <laughs> so that's how old I am. Um, yeah, and in order to transfer that to .NET um, was very hard. And so because I had had an experience with access in uh, Visual Basic for applications, um, first I learned VB.NET. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But at the time, there was no, like, standard yet, I want to say. It, it hadn't switched to C-sharp just yet. So I was still, like, viable in skills. But when it was obvious that my work with VB was not going to take me anywhere. I learned C-sharp using sites that would translate VB code into C-sharp. <laughs> so like that's how I learned how to write C-sharp. I just translated the language and you know that was like 16 years ago or something. So I, I know C-sharp by now. I actually don't hardly remember any Visual Basic because I haven't touched it for a very long time. So once I knew that, I mean, it was just like I um, had a job for a contract actually for a while, but then 2008 hit um, economic crisis, housing crisis, all of that stuff. I was unemployed for 10 months. 
And that was probably one of the times in my life that I was the most depressed because I would look on monster, career builder, dice at the time, and there weren't even job postings at all, just nothing. Um, so that was the first time I think I tried to start a company. And my first company, and I mean, I never even registered it as an entity with the state that I lived in or anything like that. But the first idea for a company I had was called Vulcan and the Jazz. I don't know. <laughs> I came up with it with a friend and that was that. I like literally the next day after we had been talking about it, I purchased that site, put up a static like portfolio. And then, I mean, it was like magic. I had a job um, pretty quickly after that. So just having a site up, and I mean, it, it cost money at the time. And I was, you know, I was unemployed for such a long time, but I knew that I needed something to just get me in the door with somewhere and all of that. So yeah, I um, had my first kind of real um, dev job, you know, 10 years into my career, probably. And they um, used Telerik site finity. Yeah. So it was my first exposure to content management systems, um, which was a great experience because then I <laughs> found Sitecore. Sitecore is a experience platform with, you know, content management and um, personalization and stuff like that. <clears throat> You'll hear me talk about it a lot because I've worked with it ever since. Um, and that was over 10 years ago. So once I got into that, I don't know, I just found my people you'll hear stories about um, triumphs, about people who have supported me like so much, um, ups and downs, you know, it hasn't been all success um, all the time. But that was when I moved from dev like work specifically to training. So I would write courses um, teaching devs how to Sitecore. <laughs> so, um, and I had a passion for it because like I said earlier, I have struggled a lot in my career. And what I want most is for my experiences and my struggles to reach someone and so that they will not make that same mistake. Now, I know we're humans. We all are just 
floating around this world just trying to do our best and we all make mistakes it's just inevitable so um but with my career with Sitecore I have to stress that it has been successful because I keep in touch with people that I I worked with over 10 years ago um, at Christmas time or holidays in general, I will send everybody on LinkedIn a personalized message. I don't use a like service or anything like that. I, I literally look at my list. I have a lot of connections at this point and I talk to the person and I'm like, hey, remember this awesome time that we had? You know, stuff like that. When you are a nice person and you keep in touch, you grow a network. Networking is the number one thing I would suggest if you are starting out in tech. Keep in touch with people. Join um, groups um, there are a ton of, you know, Slack channels and, um, Twitter accounts and all kinds of stuff. You can just meet people and talk and maybe someone knows a person who <laughs> has a job that you want. Um, so it's, a great way to ensure that you won't have to talk to recruiters, you won't have to look at job listings as much, you won't have to cold call anybody ever. It's a lot more, um, I would say, lucrative as well if you already have an in, then um, you have more leverage for, um, you know, perks and uh, bonuses, higher salary, all of that stuff. Yeah, so that would be my major um, suggestion there. But after a while, I moved into leadership and I had no idea what I was doing. I was a technical person that liked to talk to people. And so they thought, we're just going to promote you. No training, no support, no mentoring. Just go. <laughs> so I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how to like manage tasks. I hadn't heard of JIRA or anything yet. So it was quite the disaster. I would definitely say, and I mean, there are so many people who were put in that position, male or female or other, anybody who's technical that gets thrust into leadership. It is a completely different thing. You are the shield for your team, you are blamed for everything that goes wrong, and yet when there are successes, you have to pass that along to your team. 
and not take any of the credit yourself. At least I don't. I, I've had managers that aren't like that, but let me tell you, I know a lot of people who have studied leadership who teach it and all of that. And you definitely don't want to be the type of manager who blames people for anything that happened on your watch or take credit for something that someone else did. So uh, once I was kind of in leadership, I figured I had to study. And so I started to study leadership through um, some blogs. And then I was turned on to the Harvard Business Review. And so I, I subscribed and read everything I could. Um, and then I lost a lot of jobs at a time because I was having a health problem. I was hospitalized for a week um, with, quote, asthma. I still don't know what it was, but whatever it was happened in China. I was traveling a whole lot. After a trip to China, I got real sick, and I was sick for years, actually. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I even talking about? China and stuff. I was sick. Uh, oh yeah. So I had lost a number of jobs because I was not in the, you know, state where I should have worked. I could have taken leave. That was a thing that I didn't even consider. Um, I had no idea how it worked or anything like that. And furthermore, nobody at work wanted to help out and they could see that I was struggling. And, um, I, instead of them helping me, I ended up losing job after job. So I got really depressed and it was harder to find jobs. If you're depressed, your confidence is not only shaken, it is shattered. They have cracked it down the middle and just killed you, killed all of your confidence, all of your career ambition. And it was like in six years, I think I had something like eight jobs. It was terrible. What a terrible time. So that was the time when I was trying to like work stuff out. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to work for anybody anymore. I want to be an entrepreneur. So I contacted Pluralsight. Um, if you aren't aware, it's a learning platform for tech skills specifically. Um, I contacted them. I was interested in teaching and um, I went through this whole pro They have a ridiculous process where you have to audition like you're an actor or something. And I've heard over the years that they only accept 5% of applicants and of that 5% even fewer actually publish anything. Um, so they're very picky. I never thought that I would get in on the first try, 
but somehow I did. Um, I have actually put my initial audition on YouTube um, and it's so bad <laughs> when I go back and look at it. I was like, I didn't like my voice. I think that it's, um, I think that I sound depressed like all of the time. And so I was trying to talk like this, like in, in a different stratosphere and all like high pitched and excited and all. It was so bad. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I was accepted to Pluralsight as an author. And then I published my first course in 2016. I was accepted as an author, I guess, at the tail end of 2015. So at the time, I was working full-time at a job, Pluralsight on the side. So once I was accepted as an author, I thought, well, I need a company to manage all of this. I knew that, you know, tax wise and all of that stuff, like I mentioned before, my father is an accountant. So I know a thing or two about money. And so I knew that as a kind of, um, not a contractor to plural site, authors are actually vendors instead. So, um, I just knew that if I had content out, um, that, you know, some way, somehow I, I need to be shielded from, um, lawsuits and, you know, assets protected personally and all that stuff. So I started Hofstech May 5th, no, May 4th, twenty. 16, 2015. Anyway, so yeah, I wasn't a full-time entrepreneur until this year. So I spent all of that time producing courses at Pluralsight, um, having a YouTube channel that I haven't posted anything on in months, the Hofstech channel, if anybody wants to go look that up. Um, but what it did for me was because I had had so many jobs and I had lost so many jobs and it was like my savings every single time I would save up money, but then I'd lose a job. And so then I'd have to use all my savings. So Pluralsight was a way for my household to, you know, earn extra and save a lot of money. Over the years, I've published 13 courses, maybe 14 at this point. I don't know. Um, but after a while, I, I started to earn enough that I thought, I can do this. I thought I could really quit my job and just work for myself. 
And so I did. I um, left a job as a lead developer at the end of last year, um, at the end of 2020, which was the worst year in the history of man. Um, and this year I have taken the time to just work on myself. Um, last year I had a mental breakdown. I think a lot of people did. I've, I've always struggled with, um, anxiety and last year I was also, uh, treated for, um, by polar as well. Um, that was something I actually knew already. I had just decided in my twenties that I'm not crazy and I'm, I'm going to stop taking all, all my medications and just, you know, whatever. So that's actually a symptom of being bipolar, thinking everything's okay and stopping your meds, all of that. So I wasn't treated for 17 years, I think, until last year. And now I am taking time for mental health. I'm very cognizant of um, my stress levels because I I know that stress played a huge part in why I was so sick for such a long time. And this year I have produced more courses um, until pretty recently, actually, I, I worked part-time because I was so just tired and burnt out of working developer jobs for like 20 years that it took me seven months to feel like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm rested now. I can, you know, get back to work. So, um, even part-time, I still produced, uh, two, three courses, three courses, so far in seven months. I have one more um, coming out very, very soon. My courses teach everything from uh, management, leadership, and Sitecore. You know, as, as I said before, I've been a part of, uh, of the Sitecore community for a really long time. And Pluralsight, um, in 2019, for the very first time, put Sitecore on their list of topics that they were looking for trainers for, for authors. So I thought, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Like, I have had a really hard time with jobs. That was smack dab in the middle of my job roulette is, is what I call it. So, um, I wasn't sure if I should, I was actually considering leaving the Sitecore community completely because I had had such a terrible time. I was planning on doing like 
management consulting instead. But I thought, you know, this is one last sh- like stab at making something of myself. So for, you know, four or five months, I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I didn't um, ask Psychor for permission or anything like that. Like, this is completely my thing. Um, And then when my course came out, somehow magically, it came out the Friday before the Psychor Symposium that year, which just so happened to be in my hometown, Orlando, Florida. Not to mention the fact that it was at Disney World. And I don't know if you see any of the things over... I I really like Disney. We'll get to that later, too. Um, so I was at the height of my powers. I had just published this course. I had Twitter, like... Sitecore Twitter was going crazy that weekend for me. I got so many followers all of a sudden. I had people like message. It was like overnight. I just, I don't, I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't have a plan. I just knew that I, I needed to talk to as many people as I could and tell them what I had published. And, um, so I, had some Pluralsight swag. I had like um, stickers and hand sanitizer. That was the most popular. That's what people really, really liked. And I had like pins and stuff like that. So I I decided to have a table where, I mean, a, a small like round table and I just set out my swag a friend of mine said, you should stand in the middle of uh, this um, hallway where the uh, developer sessions were. So I did. And still, I mean, it was it was good. Um, I would talk to people. I I didn't have a spiel prepared at all. Like I didn't, I just walked in there not having a plan, not knowing what the hell I was going to do and somehow pulled it off. <laughs> I don't even know. And I have anxiety. So generally speaking, I do not do this. I plan every single thing I say in every course I've published What I say in the course is scripted 100%. I don't leave anything to chance. I just have this perfectionistic attitude. So this was just not not on brand for me. So I'm standing there and someone, a um, event staffer, comes over to me and asks me what I'm doing. And I was like, I, you know, I'm here to promote a course and all of that. And he pulled my table 
out into the middle of the hallway so that nobody would miss me. So everybody had to walk by. And that was it. That was it. That was that was it. I'm sorry. This is like, this was the moment of my life. So I'm standing there. I'm, I'm five foot two. So I, sometimes I was swarmed by like 20 people, like 20 people. I was out of my comfort zone. I didn't know what I was doing. My hands were shaking. My heart was beating, but I just found it within me to do the spiel, to, you know, plant my flag, tell people I'm here. This is, this is my plan. And it just, everybody 100% was excited about everything. Nobody questioned it because plural site, because everybody knows that plural site has the highest quality content and they're very, very picky about publishing stuff. So that was honestly, you know, if you're listening to this as a woman or just anybody who's marginalized, um, you generally are prepared to explain yourself, to prove to anybody who's questioning you because they always do. This was the first time in my entire career nobody questioned me, not even a little bit. They were all just with me. I'll tell you, after it was over, I came home and I just, I I sobbed. I was, you know, so proud of myself for taking this unbelievable huge chance. Um, This was not something small that I um, had planned. It was a undertaking. Not only was I producing one course on Pluralsight for Sitecore, initially they signed me for three. This was the first time I was ever in charge of an entire learning path, like an entire skill path on Pluralsight. And I, I couldn't, I, I still don't know what my life is anymore. How I became this person when I was so depressed for such a long time, had, you know, many health issues, many mental health, you know, breakdowns and stuff. And so after that, I, I was awarded Sitecore Technology MVP. This is a award for developers. And I believe that in the entire country, I am one of five women that have this award in the United States of America. Not to mention the whole world. Like I, I haven't counted, but um, there aren't there aren't a lot of us. Um, 
So throughout this journey, I have met plural site authors who are amazing. I don't even believe sometimes that they talk to me, that they give me the time of day, or, or that they like my work because I've studied their work for such a long time. And so I I learned from them and it was like um it was like I was alone in in like a pit, right? And I'm like reaching up and these people brought me up. They inspired me so much. They championed me. They were just behind everything I was about. And I mean, I, I just, I thank them so much. They're all amazing and have impacted my life in such a big way in, in such a way that they will never know, honestly. And I mean, I, I've been fans of these authors, or I have been a fan of these authors for a really long time prior to um, my plural site audition. I, I was a customer. I, I watched their courses all of the time to learn C sharp, to learn um, just patterns and practices and um, new technologies and all of that. And so I've learned so much from these people and I am super bummed that I've never met any of them in person. Um, I just haven't had a chance to. So hopefully like next year, I guess. Anyway, so yeah, that's where I am today. That, I mean... For a person that started out in, you know, help desk mainly, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm like a technology MVP, it just feels so strange. But I think that I have a lot to offer to people who are um, starting out, who are, you know, just lost, who need inspiration, um, to just keep going. Why I stayed in tech for over 20 years, despite the struggles, despite the sexual harassment or assault, which we will definitely deep dive into at some point, um, and just the overall um, people not respecting me. I don't know. I, I just, I don't like to listen to people. <laughs> I think, I think that any, anyone that, that I've ever worked for would attest to this point. I am very like, no, like I, I don't want to do it that way because that's not the textbook way, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that's where I am today. I have a lot of support. I've asked for help when I needed it. I would also stress that. Um, 
we'll also have talks about mental health. I'll have guests um, to talk about their um, struggles and successes. We will, you know, champion so many successes. When any person who is marginalized achieves success, I feel like the overwhelming response is usually like, whatever, or, you know, you cheated, or my favorite one, there's a man you should thank for that, isn't there? <laughs> I get that one a lot. Um, so yeah, I think that we have a lot of topics to talk about. Thank you very much for listening to me talk for almost an hour, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Bye.